0: Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast. It's Regional Podcast 2 Electric Boogaloo with John Manuel and Aaron Fitt. Aaron, before we dive into the regionals and the right side of the bracket, uh, big coaching news, the the biggest coaching matzo ball is is no longer out there. I'm sure that's the first time Nebraska and matzo ball have been used in in the same phrase. But uh, Nebraska has hired a coach, and it's a very familiar name, Darren Erstad. he, He might be the first cover boy. But since Tony Gwynn to become a college baseball head coach, but uh, what's your reaction to Nebraska's impending uh, decision, impending press conference where they're going to name uh, Darren Erstad their new head coach?
1: I think it's intriguing. Um, I think that's the perfect word for it. I don't know ultimately if it's a good hire or a bad hire but i'm intrigued by it um you know it, it's it's a big name it's a splashy hire uh, i think it'll generate some interest in that program and uh, you know maybe they needed to do that maybe they needed to make a splash uh, um because uh, it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of excitement about that program recently and uh, you know they they it's hard to say you know whether this is a good move or not the long term i mean He's only got one year of uh, of experience as a volunteer assistant um, on that staff, and uh, you know it's not easy to be a college coach. There's a lot to it. There's administrative things, and there's uh, various you know different engagements, and um, you know recruiting, obviously, and and, you know it's it's not just going out there and coaching ball players. Um, So, I mean, I guess Nebraska feels confident that he can handle all those responsibilities, Um, and uh, you know I like the fact that. You know this guy. He, he's he's got a, a track record as a as a blue collar grinder kind of a guy. I can't see him running his program the way maybe that Chad Kruder, for instance, ran his like a big league team. Um, so you know maybe this this will work out, whereas some other big league hires have not.
0: Uh, I think those are all good points. I think the biggest thing is the NCAA rule book is a chore and yeah. getting used to being to working in college versus when you've been in the in the professional baseball environment for 15 years. That's tough, and I think it has potential to be a good hire because he is a Nebraska guy and it's a destination job, um, but he better hire a good recruiter. He better hire a couple of assistant coaches who really can get after it and beat those bushes and know those rules inside and out because even when you've been a college coach for a long time, like a Pat Murphy, if you hire assistant coaches who are from pro ball, Andy Stankiewicz, who's now the head coach at Grand Canyon, by the way, Andy Stankiewicz was a big part of that uh, the the phone calls and all that stuff that got Arizona State on probation. And Andy Stankowicz didn't know the rule book. He'd been in pro ball for a long time. he's not, That's not the only reason. He's not the fall guy. Pat Murphy's responsible for what happened at Arizona State. But sometimes if you're a pro guy, some of the little things in that rule book don't always matter to you. Uh, that's been my experience. And the other thing is you know, Tony Gwynn's been at uh, San Diego State for a long time. They made one regional. Now, that's more than they made in the previous 10 years before he got there. But – You know, BYU, Vance Law hasn't had a lot of success. I'd say Ed Sprague is probably the best case scenario where it took over a bedraggled program and has done pretty well at Pacific, even though they haven't gone to regionals. So, I mean, like, Darren Erstad, if he just gets Nebraska, if they win a Big Ten title, that'll be doing better than pretty much all the other big league alumni, uh, who guys who had significant big league careers? Of course, the best big league alumnus college baseball coach is Wayne Graham. Wayne
1: Graham, of course. So that's
0: it. So you can you can have success. You just have to be a crappy big league player to to have success right. as a college player. How can we win with players like Graham? <laughs> so, anyway. Right. <laughs> so anyway, I just love that. I just love that uh, Wayne Graham is coaching baseball older than Casey Stengel managed in the big leagues. So it's uh, pretty amazing. amazing. Fitzy, let's dive right in with both feet and, and not headfirst into the regionals. Let's be safe about it. Uh, <laughs> starting off in Gainesville, Fitzy, number one Florida, number one in the, the regional, number one in our rankings, number two in the top eight national seeds, the SEC tournament champion Gators play host to Miami, Jacksonville, and Manhattan. I think we, we talked about it a little bit the other day, a little bit surprised that Miami was sent to Gainesville, especially considering they've played three times this year. The Gators swept that series. Does the injury to Brian Johnson and his concussion does that? How much of a wrench is that for Florida? Does that uh, make you have a little bit more doubt about the Gators being able to win this regional?
1: No, it doesn't. You know, I mean, it's they're one of the few teams out there that can withstand an injury to a weekend starter. And, and really not miss a beat, and that's nothing against Brian Johnson, who I really like, and he's a valuable two-way player. Uh, certainly, he's a big part of the lineup as well, but they're just so deep on the mound. It's, it's absurd. It's absurd how deep they are on the mound. Uh, when Johnson got hurt the other day, they had Anthony Disclafani out there, and he went that, went there out there and dealt for six and two-thirds, or something like that, longest outing of his career. The guy's got premium stuff, you know, and he, he doesn't get to uh, pitch deep in the games very often, but um, you know, they they have Tommy Toledo, they have Alex Pagliotis, who was their number one starter last year in an Omaha team and is right. You know not even close to their weekend rotation right now. Um, you know, they've just on and on. I think Carson Whitson obviously would become your number two, pretty good number two. Um, it's, uh, it's just a really deep pitching staff, and I don't think that's going to slow them down.
0: I tell you what, I, I am concerned for Florida just because they've had so much trouble in midweek, and they never really mm-hmm. – fixed that, and while DeSclifani did pitch well in the SEC tournament, the game that he pitched deep in, they lost.
1: That's true. Um,
0: They lost that game. So, you know, this will be a bad weekend to have a bad weekend. You know, so... uh, And I think the Gators uh, are going to be a little bit wary of Miami. Miami's not going to go like 0-5 for the year against Florida. I just think that Miami, the the talent gap there is significant, but I I, I think Miami's a team that's gotten better as the year's gone on. And they have... I would say the most dynamic player, maybe not the best offensive player, but the most dynamic player uh, of those two teams is Zeke DeVos. And he was a tour de force in the ACC tournament. Uh, he's got 53 walks. He's got a 487 on-base percentage. He steals bases efficiently. He, he, he's made Miami better by moving to second base. Um, he's a good prospect. I, I'm, a, I'm a Zeke DeVos guy. Uh, I like Zeke yeah. DeVos. So I, I think Miami's going to be dangerous. Um, and they started to get their pitching going. Uh, Radzuski or Radzewski, I'm, I know I pronounced his name wrong. Um, they've got left-handers. I think they're going to be dangerous. All that said, it wouldn't shock me if Miami lost their first-round game to Jacksonville because the Dolphins can really hit. I mean, they're they are yeah. th- on paper the best <laughs> offense in this regional other than, I guess, Florida's. Uh, I still think Florida's going to win this regional. But they got a tough draw for the number two overall seed. They got a tough draw, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I do. I really do. I thought, like I said, I thought that a team like Stetson uh, was a more likely number two seed there. You know, maybe even Central Florida. Although, you know, I, frankly, I might rather see Miami than Central Florida. I think Central Florida is dangerous with all its power. We talked about them yesterday, but um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just still just not afraid of Miami. You know, they just haven't beaten, for the most part, they haven't beaten the elite teams that they've played. I mean, it's very similar to what they did. Last year, when they took care of business against the Virginia Techs and the Wake Forests, this year I should say they took care of business against the Virginia Techs and the Wake Forests, uh, and the Boston Colleges and those teams, the Marylands. And they, with the exception of that one series win in North Carolina, they lost all their series against the the regional teams in the league. So, I just don't think they're they're good enough uh, to win this regional. And I think Jacksonville is a lot more physical than they are. Um, you know, I was just talking with uh, with Kyle Peterson, who's broadcast. The the Gainesville Regional, and he was watching Adam Brett Walker taking BP uh, and just marveling at at how 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 the ball just explodes off his bat, even with wood and BP. That guy is is a beast. And Daniel Gobranson is is a really good hitter, and um, you know they're they're just they're it's a deep lineup, it's it's an explosive lineup. Um, And with the exception of Zeke DeVos, I don't think Miami is explosive. Uh, And and DeVos isn't a power guy, but I agree with you that he's explosive. He's a really exciting player.
0: I don't disagree with you that uh, Jacksonville's got better pitching. I think they really do have better – not better pitching, better offense than than Miami does. I think they really do. Um, but I, I will just say again, I, I'm not going to pick against Jim Morris if I don't have to. I don't think Miami's going to win this regional, but that team has gotten a lot better since early in the year when he had his uh, kidney stones and that issue and missed some games. And it's another, another sign of what kind of coach he is. They've had the kind of season they have. Um, despite the fact they don't have great talent and uh I think the Canes are dangerous. Uh and I think the main reason they're dangerous is is the guy in the dugout, but we're both picking the gators. But I, I obviously we uh, you know, we disagree on uh on, on, on the U. I think they're more dangerous than you do, but uh uh, you know, Jacksonville, it's hard for me to pick against longtime personal cheese ball. Well not long time, but personal cheese ball, Taylor Ratliff. I love Taylor Ratliff. His dad's like the mayor of Perry County in Florida and uh, he's a big fish from the small small pond who's had a really nice year this year as a freshman. So uh, yeah. I like Taylor Ratliff, although I don't think he has plus-plus speed. I adjusted that to plus speed. But anyway, that's a, that's a whole other story. Um, Atlanta regional, Aaron, uh, contrasting the Florida regional with the Georgia Tech uh, regional, I thought Georgia Tech is kind of a you know cakewalk outside of the fact that they've got a very tough four-seed in Austin Peay, right. but Mississippi State, the three, and a diminished Southern Mississippi club. Is there any club... That's stumbling into regionals more than Southern Miss.
1: Boy, you know, not really. I mean, uh, talk about uh, backing up. Um, you know, they they just they they really. Not only have they have they lost, they've had three straight losing weekends, kind of in the conference tournament. Beep, uh, beep. That, that's it. Beep, Thank you. You were
0: waiting for it. <laughs>
1: Not only have they Good lost movie. three straight weekends. Yes, we are. Uh, but, you know, they, they're without two-thirds of their weekend rotation now. I mean, it sounds like Jeffrey Thomas will not be back. They're holding out hope that he w- would be. He's really got the best arm on that whole staff. Tom McGinnis is, is the best pitcher. Um, right. and, and Colin Cargill, of course, in the bullpen, the undershooter, as they call him. But, uh, you know, without without Thomas and, and Jonathan Thompson, uh, boy, it's, it's hard to see them going in there winning in that regional. In um, Mississippi State, I think... Has a lot of questions on the mound. I really like Mississippi State's athleticism, um, but uh, it's not a scary offense, and, and its pitching is really a concern. Um, I think Georgia Tech's pitching is so much better, and certainly in better shape than either of those two teams. Um, I think Georgia Tech is clearly the best team in this regional by a lot, but, I, but, but like you said, I mean, I, I really like Austin P. I could see Austin P finishing second in this regional.
0: I know you like Austin Peay, Uh best chant in college baseball or in college sports. Uh, I, I, is there any concern, Aaron, about Georgia Tech? 17 of the 34 guys in their roster are freshmen. Is there any concern about a team with that many freshmen hitting the wall, or does the fact they rely on veterans in their weekend rotation and on the mound, does that kind of negate that a little bit for you?
1: Yeah, I think that takes a lot of the pressure off of the, off of the younger guys and, um, you know, when you've got a, a, a Mark Pope and a Jed Bradley and a Buck Farmer going out there, um, boy, that makes it a lot easier. you know. And, and the fact that these freshmen haven't worn down yet, um, I don't think they're necessarily due to wear down. I mean, I think it's good that they weathered the storm to this point. Um, you know, Kyle Wren hasn't really dropped off. He continues to be that spark plug for them at the top. Mott Hyde, I feel like, he's actually played better lately than he did earlier in the season. I agree. Um, and Daniel Polka maybe has, has tailed off after his good start but um those are really the three key freshmen in the lineup and, and at least two of them i feel like are still playing at a very high level
0: and the thing is like uh daniel paulka's almost I mean, he really he's he's not been much of a drop-off from tony plagman i mean yeah. tony plagman was a veteran guy in that lineup for three years and Palka provides a lot of the same things he's uh, physical power it was some swing and miss and he doesn't walk a lot but hey that was tony plagman too so um i agree with you i think so we're both picking the, the yellow jackets in that regional correct Correct. I think Austin P could be that number two team. I I like Mississippi State. Okay, uh, I love it if Nick Rout started throwing the screwball changeup more, but uh, you know it sounds like that hurts a lot when he throws that screwball changeup. So yeah. uh, I like their athleticism. Uh, you know their youth. Uh, I don't think they deserve to get a regional bid, but uh, I would have taken LSU over Mississippi State. But uh, that's a whole other subject. I think it's Georgia Tech in a walk there. Um, Tempe Regional, Aaron, and this is a tough one. Arizona State as the one seed and host, Arkansas is the two, Charlotte the three, New Mexico the four, and first shout out to Ray Birmingham for getting <laughs> the Lobos to back to back regionals after they hadn't been since 1962. I mean, amazing! It's really amazing. And this year, obviously, it's a Cinderella—you know—come up through the uh, losers, uh, th- come up through the conference tournament, and win the conference tournament as what the six seed, the seven seed. I mean, eighteen right. win. But oh, that's 16 wins going into that conference tournament.
1: That's it, 16-39.
0: Unbelievable, unbelievable, and uh, you know they're not really a factor. We don't think to win this, but I mean, as Ray Birmingham said, if you beat TCU twice, you could beat anybody. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't sound like their talent level is at the same level as these other clubs. How dangerous is Charlotte? 42 and 14, pretty gaudy record out of the Atlantic 10. Uh, what does Charlotte do well that people need to know about?
1: They're a pitching and defense team, uh, and their offense you know, has really come along because they can run. Uh, they've got a lot of team speed, especially in the outfield. Um, they, uh, they can manufacture offense pretty well. I mean, uh, earlier in the year, when, you know, speaking with Lauren Hibbs, the coach there, he called his team offensively challenged. But look at the end of the year, and the numbers are pretty good. You know, I mean, they don't have power. Uh, but uh, but they can score runs. Arizona State doesn't have a lot of power either, uh, for that matter, you know, but uh, they're certainly not as good an offensive team as Arizona State, and they're not as good as, of a pitching team, but they've got solid strike-throwing guys. You know, Andrew Smith and Joe Yermol, a couple of guys who have come back from uh, injuries very well, um, you know, and, and, and I like their, their, their infield. Corey Shaler's a great player. He's been there for uh, a regular starter there for four years, and, uh, you know, he's... he's Playing a lot of confidence right now. Just uh, had a big conference tournament. Um, they're they're a good little club. I mean, I, I don't know uh, that they have the uh, the um, the firepower necessarily to compete with these other two teams, Arkansas and Arizona State. And I, I think those teams are a lot more talented. But but I like Charlotte. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him win a couple of games in this regional.
0: Um, it sounds like you would be surprised though if they. You know, if they won the regional, though, uh, yeah. who who has a chance to win this regional? Is this is Arizona State the only team that really is likely to win a regional? Or does, it, does Arkansas have enough talent to win this regional?
1: I think Arkansas could do it, too. I mean, uh, the thing about Arkansas is, you know, I feel a lot better about their chances to win regional if they were at home. I just think they're a much better home team than they are road team. But, uh, you know, I, that said, I mean, they're they've gone through a whole season now. They're battle tested. Um, they shouldn't. Fold up on the road. I mean, I, I like the way they play. You know, they uh, they have a really aggressive style. They're they're take, they take a lot of chances on the base paths, and um, you know they uh, they've got some some good line drive hitters. Love Dominic Fickadshenko, Fick the Stick. Um, Going like be a great that. player. Going to be a great player. Already is a very good player. Um, and uh, you know, th- again, it's a very athletic team. Um, I don't love their pitching. After DJ Baxendale, I think it's questionable, but. If if Ryan Stanek pitches what he did in the SEC tournament, uh, they got a chance because uh, he was electric that day.
0: Yeah, he seems like he's the. I, I think you put it well in the regional capsule. He is their X factor, and uh, you know, for me, it's a. It's really, it's fascinating to see uh, how Arizona <clears throat> State season has played out because they've had this NCAA investigation over their head, the Corey Hahn thing, like you pointed out. And then uh, in the in the regional capsules, uh, which is probably already posted at BaseballAmerica.com by the time you're listening to this. Uh, but you know, their offense, Aaron, just has never quite uh, clicked. And they should have been a team that it seems would have been helped by the Bats because they were already a line drive, yeah. not a power hitting team. But instead, they seem like they've really been diminished offensively by the Bats.
1: I've been very surprised by it. I I thought coming into the year, I thought they were going to have the best offense in college baseball, and and certainly it has not been. Uh, You know, The guy, Joey DeMichael, has become their leading hitter. That's the guy you never heard of going into the season. He had, what, six at-bats as a freshman last year. Right. Um, And he seems like the only guy who's who's hitting the ball consistently with authority. Uh, I've been very disappointed in in Zach McPhee and Zach Wilson and – you know, even Devin Morero hasn't had a huge year. Johnny Rudiger has been okay, but hasn't had a huge year. I mean, all those guys. I thought those were all. Pre- those are four preseason All-Americans, and none of them, um, you know, is, is has really produced in a big way. Um, so, you know, that said, I think they're all good players. I think they're they're um, they're winning players. I think this team is again athletic. Uh, this is an athletic regional. Um, and and you know there's plays they're a really good home team I mean they uh, they always have been uh, they're the 25 and seven at home this year I, I have a hard time picking against the Sun Devils at home especially since I think their pitching is also the best of this regional uh, by a pretty fair fair margin
0: that's the difference for me so I I did pick the Sun Devils how about you
1: yeah me too I'm taking Arizona State
0: we're 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 in agreement so far on the right side of the brackets here on the Baseball America podcast with John and Aaron uh, Aaron let's move on to Austin. Texas, Texas State, Kent State, Princeton. You look at all the twos. I mean, uh, Southern Miss, as we just talked about, a little diminished, but they kind of they they earned that two seed with what they did in the regular season. I, I got to think that Texas State and Baylor are probably the two weakest two seeds, at least for me. Mm. And uh, you know, Texas being a national seed, uh, and Baylor and Rice at seven and eight, the two <laughs> lowest top eight national seeds in my mind, got the weakest number two seeds. I guess geography trumped everything else.
1: Yeah, I think so. I agree. I mean, Baylor being three games over 500, uh, is a little surprise as a two seed. And, and Texas State with its, uh, what, 2-10 and 10 record against the top 50. I mean, right. that said, all those games, for the most part, were midweek. And Texas State uh, is a lot better on weekends than it is midweek because it's got a couple of pitchers. It just doesn't have a deep pitching staff. Um, love the pitching match. Up in that first game between Carson Smith and, and Andrew Chafin. Um, you know Chafin is, is I think, just a really exciting pitcher, a left-hander. You know, 995 great slider. Developed a change-up. Um, that change-up, I think, is going to be important because Texas State has some good right-handed bats, uh, with, with Koski, uh, of course, coming to mind. Casey has had such a huge season for them. But um, you know, I think that uh, Kent State is built to succeed in this ballpark more than Texas State is. I feel like the Bobcats are more of a home run hitting team. Um, you know, as much as I love Tyler Sibley, the the spark plug, one of my favorite players out there. Um, you know, I, I feel like in general uh, Kent State is 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 a team that that uses the gaps and pitches and plays defense. Um, you know, Kent State could make some noise here. I think people. Maybe are sleeping on them a little bit as, as a three seed, um, but uh, you know they 've been to three straight regionals they've got a lot of veterans they 've got power arms at the front and the back with uh, you know with Shafin and Kyle Mcmillan the closer um, you know they 've got uh, experienced guys in the lineup who can hit Ben Klafzinski and uh, and Travis Shaw. those guys are pretty good. Um, this team is dangerous
0: you obviously feel that way. you wrote about them with some conviction now you 're talking about them with some conviction. Uh, do they have the? They, can they can they push Texas to the limit like, say, a Boston College did a couple of years ago? They don't seem, especially if they don't have, you know, if they're using Chafin as a starter and not in a relief role, you know, like Mike Belfiore held, uh, you know, Texas at bay that year, much stiffer Texas lineup, much more potent Texas lineup. Uh, it just seemed like that ballpark, Texas is so built to win at home, uh, I have a hard time picking anybody to beat Texas at home.
1: No, I'm the same way. I mean, I can't pick against Texas, but I think Kent State. Would I be stunned if if Kent State won in there and, and pulled off the upset? Well, I'd be surprised because it's Texas. You know, it's Texas. Right. It's it's uh, the the brand name means so much. Yeah. The, the coach in the dugout means so much. But uh, I won't be stunned if Kent State wins this regional. That said, I'm I'm taking Texas, of course.
0: I'm taking Texas as well. I don't think Texas will be particularly challenged, to be honest with you. I, I like uh, Kent State's program, but uh, you know they've done a nice job. Maybe, the, maybe this will be the year that they make a little noise in in, uh, in regionals. It just feels like they've had good teams in regionals before yeah. and not made a lot of noise. And, and I'm proclaiming that first game, the Chaffin-Carson-Smith game, as the Dr. James Andrews uh, invitational. Uh, loser, loser gets an MRI. Uh, let's move on to Nashville, Fitzy. Vanderbilt playing host to uh, crosstown rival Belmont. I'm sure there's a big Vanderbilt Belmont rivalry, and Lipscomb really upset about being left out of that. <laughs> and then Oklahoma State and Troy. Um, Oklahoma State—that's another team that's kind of limping into the postseason. Were they lose mm-hmm. their last? were they losing records their last four weekends? Is that correct?
1: I think that's right. Yeah, they uh, five of their last six, I think, even uh, something like that. They they really didn't play well down the stretch. Um, and a team that the, seemed
0: to be tiring out on the mound. Uh, you know, yeah. Their converted shortstop, Probst, uh, fell off in the second half. Their bullpen's been inconsistent. Uh, just not a team. It doesn't seem like a team that's really had had one really strong run in them where they won four weekends in a row, won the Bedlam series. You know, that doesn't look as good in retrospect as it did at the time. Um, I guess they split the four games with Oklahoma. Uh, Vanderbilt, I mean, uh, Vanderbilt, obviously, we've talked about it in, uh, the whole year. They've been in that mix with Florida and Virginia as the best team in the country. It's South Carolina. I cannot leave South Carolina out of that. Those four teams have very consistently been uh, in the top five of our rankings, pretty much from the get-go. Uh, anything to make you think that Vanderbilt is uh, vulnerable this time of year? You just saw them last week in the SEC tournament.
1: No. I think they're loaded. I think they're firing on all cylinders. Um, I think they're going to roll through this regional. I think they're uh – uh, one of the favorites for the national title. I just think they're really, really complete and and uh, uh, and confident and loose. Uh, and I think they're, I think they're really going to. Like I said, I think they're going to roll through this regional. I really do.
0: I do as well. Um, it would it would shock me if they lost a if they lost a game in the regional. That said, this is a team that lost a regional at home to a good Michigan team, but a Michigan team nonetheless. They lost to a, a home regional to a Big Ten team when they had the best roster in college baseball in a long time. I and mean, they had six or seven future big leaguers on that 07 team. I mean, Peter Alvarez, David Price, and Mikey Miner, already right off the top of my head, on the big leagues, who were on that team. Ryan Flaherty's, in the, Flaherty's on the cusp of that of the big leagues. Uh, I know Casey Weather's was the first round pick. Who else am I missing off that 2007 Vanderbilt team?
1: I mean, those are the those are the really big name guys. Certainly, I mean, that, and, that,
0: that, that team was loaded. That, that team was as loaded as this team. Probably had more frontline talent than this team has. Would you say?
1: Um yeah I suppose you could say that. I mean, uh,
0: there's no Alvarez on this team.
1: That's true. There's not. There's there's not. I mean, Aaron Westlake's a great hitter, uh but he's not Pedro Alvarez. And and uh you know, I don't think Jason Esposito, Jason Esposito I guess is pretty comparable to Ryan Flaherty. Those guys are pretty similar players. But uh you know, I, I think uh I don't know. If if I were to compare those two teams, I mean David Price was probably more dominant than Sonny Gray too. I mean, uh, the O seven team probably was better. But you know what? Uh, that team is not this team. I mean, it's, it's you know, I still think that team was was the best team in the country that year, and they had you know a bad game or two, and that happens. It happened to Texas and Virginia last year, who I thought were the best teams all season long, and um, they didn't make it to Omaha. You know, so I mean, just because you're the best team doesn't mean you always win the championship. But I think Vanderbilt probably is the best team right now.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, and I uh, the thing is, I really like uh, I really like this Vanderbilt team, but if the way it's set up where they're, the bracket they're facing is Oregon State, Creighton, Georgia, Arkansas, Little Rock. They're going to be prohibitive favorites. If they don't get to Omaha this year, um, I hate to be sports talk radio about this, but I know, I know that's where I'm going. But if they don't mm. make it to Omaha this year, how, how big of a dent is that in Tim Corbin's resume? I mean, how when, when do you start saying, wow, he turned Vanderbilt around, and made Vanderbilt this big program to, hey, get to Omaha already. You know, I mean, if they don't go this year, uh, man – uh, if he were at LSU, he'd get fired, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you'd really have to start wondering what is happening with that program. They can't get over that hump when they've had that kind of talent.
1: I think it's a moot point because I think they're going to Omaha this year.
0: I hope, honestly, I hope it becomes a moot point. But that's hanging over their heads. We'll see how they play with that. But I think that's hanging over Tim. If it's hanging over anybody's head, it's hanging over Tim Corbin's. And I like Tim, and I like what he's done for college baseball. By making Vanderbilt an example of how you can do it, and uh, I really hope that uh, things go well for them—not at the expense of any other club—but it's time to get that monkey off their back and get to Omaha. That that program—I think—to validate that program a little bit, they need to get to Omaha this year. Yeah. So, uh, other regional—the regional facing them were Vanderbilt. We're both picking Vanderbilt. Where they would uh whom they would face? In uh, whom would they face in In a super regional, you might ask? Well, the answer is the winner of Oregon State as your one, Creighton the two, Georgia the three, Arkansas Little Rock the four, Aaron. For me, there are several storylines here. One, Corvallis is far. It is Mm -hmm. very, very far, and it's hard to get to for everybody. No matter who, where you're coming from, that's a tough park to get to. And that that travel is a factor, I think, in Oregon State. Uh, Being a host is a big deal for Oregon State. Has Oregon State ever lost a regional at home? I don't think they I,
1: I don't think so. They they won in uh, what oh five oh six oh seven. I think they hosted all three of those years, and uh, uh, that was the last time.
0: Yeah, I don't think that was insignificant. I think it's hard to travel to get to, or, to Corvallis. There's no direct route. You're flying through one or two places. Uh, Creighton, I think, took three planes to get there. To, uh, uh, it geez. was it, yeah. It sounds like it was a real ordeal. But uh, Creighton strengths and Oregon State strengths are very similar. Georgia seems like the X factor here. You just you know, they're the they're the box of chocolates team in this in this regional. And then Arkansas Little Rock, uh happy to be here. Uh Coach Scott Norwood had a lot of success at Wachita Baptist at the NAIA level in the postseason. Um but it seems like the, Arkansas Little Rock's the happy to be here team. Uh what do you, what do you think about Creighton and Georgia? Is it like Creighton and Oregon State covering that very same cloth uh the pitching and defense clubs? Is Georgia the best offense in this regional?
1: I suppose by default. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think George is a great offensive team, but, uh, you know, they've got a little bit more in there than, than those other two teams do. I mean, I think the best offensive player in this regional is Trevor Adams. Uh, and, you know, Andrew Susak was probably earlier in the year, but he, he didn't, uh, you know, he's, he, he got hurt and I don't think he's come back really on fire. Uh, Trevor Adams for Creighton has had an amazing season. Um, and it's a nice piece to build your lineup around. I like the way that Creighton team plays, you know, they, uh, they don't beat themselves. It's a classic Ed Service team that plays great defense. Um, you know, they they are built to to score five runs by any means possible. Um, they're going to bunt. They're going to hit and run. They're going to take chances on the base pass. They're going to do what they have to do to get to five runs, uh, because you know that's what they always say. There is when they score five runs, they win 82% of their games under under Ed Service, uh, which probably holds up pretty well across the country. But uh, that that program especially because they they throw strikes. You know they're not going to give you free bases. Uh, and they're a lot like Oregon State. I mean they really are. Oregon State's the same way. They uh, they execute the fundamentals. Um, you know, they, they pitch, they throw strikes, and and they don't blow you away offensively. Um, so, I, you know, the, the difference to me is Creighton is hotter right now, for one thing. Uh, I'm very curious to see how Oregon State will bounce back from this little swoon. Uh, they have not scored runs at all in the last two weeks. And, uh, you know, scoring runs helps in baseball.
0: That's the object. It's like scoring the basketball. You know, I don't mean to sound <laughs> like QB Brown, but you can have all the length, length and be long all you want, but you have to score the basketball. And in baseball, you got to cross the plate. We t- even the T-ball kids figured that out, Aaron, let me tell you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, when you've scored uh, eight runs in your last five games, and uh, I-, I believe the last time they won a game they were facing Austin Wood, which, you know, oh, no, they they actually gave – wow. They gave Austin Wood one of his wins. Hmm. I mean, that's just not impressive. No, no, not the good personal on Austin Wood. He's been a personal uh, anti-cheese ball all year. So, uh, to me, Aaron, I guess the big thing is that Oregon State's offense, what's the health status – of their offense, are they healthy offensively? There's A little time off here, uh, four or five games off—is that going to help uh, uh, Andrew Susac get back in the groove? He, st- he leads their team in home runs, even though he missed a month. Um, yeah. Do they have enough uh, uh, enough healthy bodies to get kickstarted again offensively?
1: Yeah, I think they're I think they're pretty healthy now. I mean, Susak is back, and Jake Rodriguez is back. They've even gotten Andrew Duke or uh, Ryan Duke back on the mound. Duke, um, I think I'm Adam Duke. Excuse me, man. I, I knew I could come up with it. Adam Duke,
0: okay. uh, which is a nice
1: boost to the pitching staff. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're healthy. They're just they're just not hitting. You know, I mean, boy, I, I think they've got some nice pieces. I mean, Brian Stamps uh, is a very exciting player. He's got great speed out there uh and when he's hot i think he kind of makes them go a little bit but he's been up and down um you know and 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 uh, carter bell has been banged up all year long uh he's kind of my opinion the, the heart and soul of that team a little bit um garrett nash had an injury this year uh, hasn't really come back the same player i feel like uh i mean he's got exciting tools and just you know hasn't had a big year um i don't know i mean i don't know what to expect from this team i i i feel like it's hard to write them off because they just uh, they have a history of, of playing well with their backs to the wall, and you remember going to the O seven seven postseason, they were playing really poorly, yeah, uh, and they snuck into the tournament as a three seed, and you know they went to that, that regional out in uh, what Charlottesville I, I believe, uh, um, and uh, you know they were, they were on the break of elimination, and then they, they got hot. You know, and that's why they end up hosting that hosting Michigan in that super regional. The last time the Corvallis and, and that's right, or, or the Beavers, it would were, were paired with uh, with Vanderbilt potentially in a super regional matchup. Didn't happen, but um, this time uh, I'm not sure if they're going to get through this one. I, I just uh, it's a tough one. This is a tough regional to call.
0: Well, I'm, I'm picking the Blue Jays. I'm definitely picking Creighton. <laughs> I've been I've been a Creighton apologist all year. My Omaha sleeper in the preseason was Wichita State, but early on I switched that allegiance to the Blue Jays. As my MVC, the Missouri Valley Conference is going to remain my sleeper pick. I saw some crazy uh, stat the other day about how, like, I think it's nine or ten Missouri Valley Conference teams have gone to the College World Series since the last wow. Big Ten team went. So, um, you know, the MVC is a nice little underrated conference. And they've been saying you know, Creighton's been Omaha, Omaha, Southwest Missouri State. Now Missouri State's been in Omaha. Obviously, Wichita's been. Um, so it's not just one team. I I'm missing a fourth Missouri Valley team, I think, that's been in that. That's been in that time. So uh, I'm picking Creighton, not to go to Omaha, but to win this regional, uh, even though it is on the road. I don't think Georgia – I think Georgia may have uh, spent itself by making uh, making it the regionals. They're kind of playing with house money, but I just don't believe in Georgia's uh, offense enough. They should be offensive enough to take advantage of a low-scoring uh, regional, but I think Creighton and Oregon State are better at the little things than Georgia and Georgia's lack of offensive, uh, you know, firepower will, will haunt it in this regional. So, uh, I'm picking Creighton.
1: Yeah, Georgia to me is—I could definitely see them coming out of this regional. I really could, but they're just too up and down, and, and uh, playing against teams like Oregon State and Creighton that that take advantage of every mistake. Um, I don't think that's a great matchup necessarily for Georgia. Uh, I, I'm going to take Creighton also. I, you know, I, I, and here's why: to me, the separator ultimately—I love Creighton's bullpen. I'm I'm a sucker for a a deep bullpen where you can mix and match, and you've got an anchor back there. And Creighton does. Um, And uh, you know, see,
0: I I was actually going to—I thought that would be the reason you would pick Oregon State because they've got a great bullpen too.
1: They do. They do have a great bullpen, but uh, boy, that's a tough one. I mean, like I've gone back and forth on it. Um, I just—I feel a little bit better about Creighton. I just think they're uh, playing—they're playing better going into this thing.
0: Well, we both picked the Blue Jays in a mild upset. Aaron, uh, let's move on to the last uh, two brackets. Cal State Fullerton hosting a Goodwin Field in Fullerton, beautiful Fullerton, California. Uh, the Titans play host to the Cardinal, Stanford, the Wildcats, Kansas State, and the Illini uh, in Illinois. And uh, tip of the cap, wag of the finger at Illinois. I don't know why I said wag of the finger, but Stephen Colbert uh, reference. Uh Stanford is clearly the – is Stanford the most talented team in this regional? It seems like Fullerton's talent level is pretty comparable to Stanford's, and Fullerton seems like it's a more precise, more experienced team.
1: Stanford, I think, is is more talented offensively. Um, I like Fullerton better on the mound, certainly. I mean – Stanford has has talent on the mound too, but it's just you know it hasn't been as consistent. I feel like as as Fullerton's. Um, I mean, Mark Capel is might be the number one overall pick next year. He's really good, but uh, he hasn't dominated this year. He's had some games where he's he's been really good, um, but uh, you know he's he's hasn't dominated the way Noe Ramirez has for three years. Um, for instance, you know I do think Stanford uh, is is has the edge over Kansas State in that first game, and and I like that Kansas State team. You know I, I think that. Uh, you talk about you know talking about Scrappy. You talk about Ray Birmingham, what he's done with New Mexico. I mean, Kansas State had never made a regional in the program's history, uh, and now they've made three straight under Brad Hill. You can't. Uh,
0: you really just can't tell me that uh, Darren Erstad makes more sense than Brad Hill. I mean, he's he's he could be a great hire, but Brad Hill makes so much sense to me. I'm not sure uh, they could have
1: gotten Brad Hill. That's uh, that's the thing. I mean, that's you know, possible,
0: more. but Nebraska's got to have more money than Kansas State. Sure. You think so? One would imagine. I I think I've spoken to Brad Hill one time, but my respect for the Kansas State program is through the roof because they just grind it out. They don't have big-time prospects. And I thought also a couple years ago, well, they got lighting in a bottle with A.J. Morris. This will be gone after he leaves. Nah, they kept it up the last two years. It's really, really impressive from afar to see Kansas State grind its way to -to back-to-back regionals since A.J. Morris left the building. I'm— I'm very impressed from from here. So, uh, and, and
1: you know, and you know, I like a bullpen as we j- just talked about, and they've got a good one. Uh, you know, they've got two guys at the back there, James Allen and, and Evan Marshall, who are power guys and uh, have had great numbers, and you know, throw strikes. Uh, that gives them a nice edge in a close game. I think Stanford's bullpen is more suspect, even though Chris Reed has got really good stuff, the left-hander. Snodgrass, um, you know.
0: that's the other. They another suspect left-hander, and <laughs> Scott Snodgrass, <laughs> right. who. You know walks everybody, but he could be a pair. we're here and he could go in the first five rounds as well
1: so sure I mean they've got great arms back there, but uh I like Kansas State's bullpen a little bit better uh, I don't like you know I, f- I feel like Mark Capel, assuming he starts the first game uh gives Stanford a pretty big edge though in that matchup and uh um you know it's a it's a good it's a good matchup i I kind of like that one um, but this one but a neutral, I think
0: go ahead, I'm sorry Aaron.
1: I was just gonna say, but I think I think Fullerton is the team to beat in this regional. I just think they're they're so deep on the mound. They've uh, you know they've they've weathered the storm of injuries that they've had to deal with. It's not a great offensive team, but it's good enough.
0: That's how I feel about it. I think that uh, I think that Fullerton is the team, one, one of the uh, of, of all our teams that we had high expectations for at the start of the year. They're the one team that still hasn't really found its stride. Still hasn't had that one stretch where they just put it all together. I think it's coming. I think it's starting this weekend. So I'm picking the Titans to win this regional and more. So we've both, we, so we both have the Titans to win this regional. Last but not least, the Chapel Hill regional, North Carolina, the number one seed, Florida international, the number two, James Madison, the number three, Maine, the number four. Aaron, initially when it seemed like the consensus reaction and the college baseball community was, wow, what a cakewalk regional for North Carolina. I don't think so. Maine has beaten North Carolina at Boshamer Stadium and has pretty good arms for, especially for a Northeast team. They have excellent arms. Florida National, one of the hottest teams in the country in the last third of the season, and James Madison, a very offensive club that if you know if you make mistakes on the mound, they will punish you. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a great regional. I don't think it's a cake regional either though. Do you?
1: No, Florida International and James Madison are, first of all, both a lot more physical than North Carolina, a lot more offensive, a lot more powerful. Um, and, uh, you know, the Tar Heels have been a lot better offensively than I expected them to be, um, but they're not as good on offense as FIU or JMU. Um, you know, I, I think that Florida International is loaded with veterans um up and down the lineup they've got power they've got experience uh they were in a regional last year a uh, team to me is dangerous and and you know they're 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 pretty comparable north carolina in the rotation i mean uh the Tar Heels don't have those big arms who, who blow you away anymore um you, you know is patrick johnson that much better than, than phil haig and uh, yeah he's, he's
0: better than that guy he's better
1: he's better oh he's better for sure I think North Carolina is the best pitching team as regional, but I think I don't Patrick think Johnson has a huge, overwhelming edge.
0: Patrick Johnson has a little bit more stuff and a little less pitchability, but he's kind of comparable to Robert Woodard in some ways. He's turned into a Robert Woodard type of guy. He's yeah. He's wound up in the top ten of North Carolina's career strikeouts list and uh, career innings pitch list and career wins. I mean, he's he's had a pretty nice career there. He's he's kind of like a Adam Warren, uh, Robert Woodard hybrid because he's. A little bit of a power pitcher, like he's he's kinda like what Warren was as a sophomore before or as a junior before Adam Warren went crazy and started throwing ninety-three in the <laughs> as a senior, um, because he's less physical. But, you know, Patrick Johnson was a top two hundred guy at a high school. He's always been a personal cheese ball. Who am I kidding? I've always liked PJ. Um and he's really hitting his stride now, complete game shutout against Virginia in his last full regular season start, and then I think he threw what, six no hit innings? Against Wake Forest in the ACC tournament of a game that got rained out, so that rained out, but uh, rain interrupted. So um, I think Patrick Johnson's a legit ace, and we'll see what North how North Carolina handles its regional uh, this weekend. I-, I think he's the best pitcher, not the best prospect, but the best college pitcher in this regional. Uh, yeah. For me, um, I actually, th- I think Carolina actually has announced its regional rotation. I believe that Kent Emanuel is starting right. the opener against Maine. Now, Maine coach Steve Trimper talking a little junk in the banger paper. Uh, that's funny just to say, talking junk in the banger paper. But uh, how can he do that, Aaron? Why on earth would he do that? I think they're quaking in their boots about the arms that we're bringing down there. That seemed like a bad idea.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine it's it's a, it's a good idea. Um, yeah,
0: you know, but... I know Maine beat North Carolina with these pitchers in Chapel Hill like I said it was last year, but – that, and it was one that, out of three. Also, it was one out of three, and that team didn't have Colin Moran in the middle. That, that's the other that's factor true. here: is that Colin Moran is the best player in this regional. I know Jake Lowry and David Herbeck have great stats at uh, at John at James Madison, and I know we, we know Garrett Whittles. We know the middle of that lineup. Uh, it's a potent lineup, and Pablo Bermudez has had a great year at FIU. Uh, he's really been the linchpin to their offense. I mean, he's, he runs the bases. He's hitting for average better than Garrett Whittles. He's got some power, maybe not as much as, as, much as Martinez, but he does, he does a little bit of everything. He's a really nice college player. Uh, but for me, I think North Carolina has the best pitcher in this regional. They have the best hitter in this regional. And with all due respect to Steve Trimper, Spanky McFarlane, and, and Turtle Thomas, they have the best coach in this regional. Mike, Mike Fox has just done a tremendous job with this team this year, so I'm, pi- I'm picking the Tar Heels to win that regional.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's probably a safe pick, um, you know for sure. I mean, they, they they're the favorite. They're the number three national seed. But sounds like it's not your pick. I, I got to tell you, the way Florida International is swinging the bats right now. I mean, they they scored uh, thirteen runs, eleven runs, and eleven runs in their first three games in the conference tournament. Um, I think they can go in there and, and score some runs against that North Carolina pitching staff. I, I I'm I'm going to take the upset. I'm taking Florida International.
0: That is a huge upset. You're picking the number three national seed to go down at home. Well, I, I, again, uh, I, I tweeted it as soon as it was announced. I thought Florida International was a very legit two seed. Uh, I went back and forth on Twitter with a couple people, or I tried to engage people who thought that was a weak regional. I think it's a strong regional, and I think Florida International is a very good two seed, but I'm not going there. I'm not, I, I think North Carolina will win at home. Uh, so we only differed, Aaron, on one regional on the right side of the bracket, and this is the one, North Carolina and Florida International. So we've got Florida and Georgia Tech in a super regional. Who do you like there, Gators or Gators. Yellow Jackets? I'm also going with the Gators. Arizona State, Texas. That would be uh, a historic super regional in terms of uh, the the program's history. Uh, i got to think if that one really depends on where it's played, and obviously Texas being one of the top eight national seeds, Will get a pretty big advantage. It does seem, though, like Arizona State's the kind of team, Aaron, that athletically should play very well at uh, at Dish Falk Field.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, they've got uh, they've got a lot of athletes. That's a great point. Um, but you know, I I, th- I think I think I'm I'm going to stick with Texas in this one. I I just like them at home. I love their pitching. Um, I, I I suspect that'd be a great matchup. It could, could go either way, but I'll take Texas. I
0: think that could go either way, but I have a feeling that Taylor Youngman. It's going to do something very special in this postseason. And uh, he's uh, he's had a cr- tremendous year all year. I, I, I have a feeling that he's almost going to be like an Austin Wood, kind of like I'm not going to let us not get to Omaha, you mm-hmm. know, uh, after experiencing it as a freshman. Uh, so I'm picking Texas, although I'm very tempted by the Sun Devils there. Uh, Vanderbilt versus Creighton in a super regional. That would be uh, <laughs> a pretty interesting regional of uh, – d- I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure how anyone would not would pick against the Commodores there. We're, we're, we've got to both pick Vanderbilt there, right? Yes. Especially since Florida was your preseason national championship pick and Vanderbilt was mine, so I got to pick the Commodores there. And then we have the. I have Titans, Tar Heels. You have Titans, Golden Panthers. I'm. I would pick the Titans anyway. I. I don't have North Carolina winning that. I have North Carolina winning the regional, but not the super regional. Um, I think Cal State Fullerton, like I said, I think they are primed to go on a roll, and uh, now, and I think that you know they're finally healthy and firing on all cylinders more now than they have, uh, even though they haven't done it yet on the field. I think they're going to be healthy enough to really get going. Uh, so I'm picking Cal State Fullerton there. Who do you have, Titans or Golden Panthers? Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm going to take the Titans also, John. I think that's uh, the pitching is too good.
0: I got to tell you, it would be awesome if Florida International went to Omaha. And to see Isaiah Thomas roll out at the College World Series. Could you imagine? (laughs) Could you imagine what would happen if we went to the, uh, the drover and Isaiah Thomas was hanging out there?
1: That would be wild, weird stuff.
0: (laughs) That would really be pretty funny. Uh, so our Omaha's, our College World Series fields on the left side of the bracket, I've got Virginia, Rice, Florida State, and Clemson. Plus on the right side, Florida, Texas, Vanderbilt, and Cal State Fullerton. Aaron Fitz, Omaha, Virginia, Cal, Arizona, Clampson, Cal State, Fullerton, Vanderbilt, Texas, Florida. So on the right side of the bracket, we agree. On the left side, we disagree. Fitzy, who's your College World Series champion pick?
1: Who's you your gotta... College World Series champion pick? It's, it's, yours is clearly Vanderbilt.
0: I'm sticking with uh, Vanderbilt, and I got to tell you, um, I'm a little wary of that pick because Vanderbilt, uh, when it got to be – when the chips were down this year, they didn't perform. They lost the series yeah. to South Carolina. They lost a series to Florida. And they lost the SEC Tournament Championship game to Florida. But I have to I have to think uh, – well, here's actually what I kind of think might happen. And I, I, I hope that Vanderbilt does this. They have so much starting pitching depth. To me, they need to follow – even though they didn't win the national championship that year, I want to see Sonny Gray in an Alex White role in Omaha. Mm. I want to see Tim Corbin think a little outside the box and, and DJ too – and take Sonny Gray and put him in a moment of truth role, and you got Garvin, you got Hill, you got the Jack Armstrongs, the Navery Moors, you have so much depth out there, but when the chips are down and the whole season's on the line, I want Sonny Gray on the mound. And I feel like that is a a role in which Sonny Gray wants to play for his team, not to pitch Mm. out there once every three or four days or have to come back on short rest. So for me, if I'm Vanderbilt, that's how I'd go. I know that's a little off the board, but uh, we've seen it happen with a guy like Alex White in Omaha, and I think it could happen. Uh, we, well, other teams have done it as well. They t- had a a key guy who's kind of oh, Louis Coleman uh, did it for, sure. uh, for for LSU. I think it's a formula that works, and I I'm gonna pick an SEC team again. But honestly, I've, in, in some ways, I feel better about Florida's chances because of the way that they've uh, the way they played down the stretch, and the fact that Zanino has been such a nice power plant for them. Uh, but I do think Vanderbilt – for me, I think Vanderbilt's the team. And speaking of that, Josh Holliday's calling me right now on the on the cell, which is funny. Um, but I, that's my pick here, and I'm picking Vanderbilt to beat Virginia on the other side of the bracket. But if I'm ranking the teams, I'm going Vanderbilt, Fullerton, Florida, Texas on that side of the bracket. I really have a good feeling about the Titans because hmm. uh, of all they've gone through this year. And on the other side, I would go Virginia, Clemson, Rice, Florida State, no offense, Mike Martin. Uh, he's a sentimental favorite for me. By just uh, With their pitching the way it is, I just don't see the Seminoles uh, bringing home Mike Martin's first championship. What's your right. pick there, Aaron?
1: I'm going to go with the Gators, um, and, and I think it comes down to Florida or Vanderbilt for me. I, I think those are the two most complete teams. Virginia as well uh, is very complete. But um, I just think that uh, Florida beat Vanderbilt three times this year head-to-head um and including in the sec title game um you know i, I think the fact that florida was in, Va- in omaha last year matters all those guys have experience there um I and mean, we've seen first teamers first timers go there and win i mean uh that's what fresno did a few years back and uh, right. uh you know it's not unheard of anymore but um I, I think it helps to have been there florida went uh, uh did not play well there last year i think they've got something to prove i think they're incredibly talented and well coached, um, I'm going to take the Gators over the Cavaliers in the championship.
0: How, so so, you, so you have, we both have Virginia winning the left side of the bracket. How would you rank that side of the bracket over there? Because Virginia, for you, I would imagine, would be Virginia, Clemson, Arizona, Cal. Is that how you rank your?
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. I and mean, maybe even Arizona over Clemson. I, I like Arizona's team, as, as you know. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think it could be Virginia, Arizona, Clemson, Cal, maybe.
0: It's a stunning reversal to have you be the, to have me be the, the Clemson champion here. It's really, it's really shocking to me that I'm the guy who thinks Clemson's really good. But, uh, it does seem like Virginia, you know, I, I, I gotta say that I think Virginia and Florida, and two teams that were there in 09 and weren't there last year, uh, with really good clubs, wouldn't shock me to see the Titans and the Cavaliers, uh, witness. I, you know, nothing, I, as again, it's nothing against Florida. I, I think Florida's very, very good. Their midweek issues all year, and the fact that they're going to throw a lot of fastballs, uh, I don't know. Uh, that hasn't worked for them this year. I'm, I'm just curious as to – they just have a few more losses than every other – yeah, than the other top teams there. And they've – they, they kind of – you can shrug those off in the middle of the year. I'm just not so sure that Florida's going to be able to avoid some of those. They really seem like they haven't had that giant win streak. Yeah. Um, that you know It seems like you kind of got to have that big hot streak. Florida doesn't seem like they've ever really had that one big, long, hot streak this year. Um, that's, that's you know just a little in, in, intangible. For me, it doesn't feel like they've ever really caught fire either. Um, I, I, but I feel like the Titans are, are due for that. And uh, I like the fact that both those teams, like I said, Virginia and Fullerton, went to Omaha in 09 and kind of expected to get back last year and didn't. I think there's a little extra hunger for those veterans, the Stephen Proches, the Ramirez's, uh, those kind of guys on both those two rosters. But uh, but that's all. Neither here nor there. Thank goodness we get to actually settle this on the field uh, uh, coming up starting this weekend, Aaron. You'll be at, Full- at Goodwin Field at the Cal State Fullerton and UCLA. I'll be over in Chapel Hill. Jim Schoener will be in Columbia. And we'll be breaking it all down on a podcast for you next week when the regional dust clears uh, here on BaseballAmerica.com and, of course, uh, on iTunes. Anything uh final parting thoughts from you, Aaron Fitt?
1: It's going to be a fun uh, postseason. I really think so. I mean, uh, I had a hard time picking a lot of these regionals, you know, and I, I probably took some chances, and I'm probably going to look like a fool, but that's fine because it's uh, it's all in good fun. Um, it is, and, and I think it's it's a very interesting year in college baseball, and uh, uh, look forward to seeing how it plays out.
0: Me too, Aaron. Well, we'll uh, talk about it next week on the next Baseball America podcast. For Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. Until next time, so long, everybody.